the Morning Huddle with David Hurlbutt. Weekday mornings at 8. A Tuesday, making the turn here, about to tee off on the 10th. This segment, this chat with my friend Zach Seegers, brought to you by SJO Electric. You hear them mentioned every day on the show. Check out the website, sjoelectric.com. They have an emergency 24-hour hotline number, 303-400-4321. Once again, that emergency number, 303-400-4321. Uh, someone is uh, on guard around the clock for you in case you have an emergency at your home. And with the ever-changing weather here in the Denver, Colorado area, it could be 71 day and 18 the next day. You may have some problems with your electricity inside, outside. Uh, reach out to SJO Electric and check them out, sjoelectric.com. All right. We always love to chat with my next guest. Great young guy. See you, guy. Zach Seegers. Zach, before we get to uh, you know all things fun with sports and everything, I know you're a CU guy. Um, any thoughts you want to share with us? Uh, where were you when you heard about these tragic Boulder shootings? If you're uncomfortable talking about it, that's just fine, but I want to give you the opportunity if you want to share any thoughts, my friend. Uh, thank you very much, David. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I'm a Boulder native. Of course, I go to school here, but I've lived here my whole life wow as a kid i was in in lafayette a little east of boulder but i've been in this area gone to school here um boulder valley school district my life i went to fairview high school um i live very close to that shopping center i go there um if not for the shooting yesterday i probably would have woken up and gotten a bagel in there today yeah um i went there every day for lunch while going to high school um and, and yeah, it's just, it's very surreal. Um, my thoughts and, and prayers, um, it's frustrating that we keep meeting these tragedies with thoughts and prayers and not greater action. But um, my thoughts and prayers are, are with all the families in that area. And yeah, it's just scary. I mean, I'm glad it wasn't a school. You know, you've got two elementary schools, a middle school, and a high school in, you know, within a minute or two mm-hmm. of that grocery store. So I think that's. One positive, but man, it's um, it's scary stuff. And, and um, shout out to the police for uh, uh, responding quickly. Um, of course, the officer who lost their life, um, and you know, uh, minimizing the amount of casualties they had yeah. or, or we had, um, and the public people did a good job. Absolutely, well said, my friend. Uh, I knew you went to see you. I'd forgotten that you were born and raised there. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure it hits home for you, my friend. Um, okay, it's tough to do, but uh, let's switch gears, talk some sports, <laughs> talk some Broncos. Let's provide the folks out there with a little distraction, take their mind off their worries this morning. Um, Absolutely. Kyle, uh, Fuller, man, Fuller coming to the Broncos. How thrilled are you with that? I'm really thrilled with it. I mean, you look at, and, it, and it's so impressive, I think, what George Payton's done this offseason, especially at cornerback. I mean, you took the glaring, the most glaring weakness on this roster side of maybe quarterback but i think in in terms of how gaping the hole was cornerback had a bigger hole and you turn it into a strength in in a week yeah bryce callahan people sleep on it among cornerbacks with 500 snaps last year he leads every cornerback in almost every metric um yards allowed yards per snap allowed passer rating allowed when targeted 
um, et cetera, et cetera. It's insane how, uh, how good this guy was last year. If he played 16 games, he should have been an all-pro, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, as good as Simmons was, I think Callahan was their best defensive player when healthy last season. Um, you're throwing him back there with Fuller, who last time Fuller played in this Vic Fangio defense was an all-pro. Yeah. And the Bears didn't get rid of Fuller because he's washed up or anything. They wanted to keep a player of that caliber, at least get something in return for him for a trade. Uh, and they just couldn't do it. I mean, you saw the considerable, considerable and immediate interest around this guy. Um, it, he's a talent. The, the Bears just <laughs> had so horrifically mismanaged their salary cap, they had to get rid of him, and it benefits the Broncos greatly. Um, she's got him, he's got Callion, and then you've got Ronald Darby, who, as your number three cornerback, that's a fantastic place to be in, because on the field, he plays um, like a strong number two, a well-above-average number two. The problem is keeping him on the field, but uh, you know when he's there, you're going to be looking great, and the depth is something that shouldn't be slept on either, with Michael Ojemudia, mm-hmm. uh, saying Bassey, who Again, when you look at metrics, they're in the middle of that rookie cornerback class. Um, they need to develop, but the cornerback's one of the toughest positions to play. And if we're going to give Locke the benefit of the doubt because of COVID, you should give it to the rookie cornerback as well, or even more so to the rookie cornerbacks, I'd argue. Um, and you've got Parno Motley and uh, Devontae Bowsby and Duke Dawson. Um, I think they'd have to re-sign Devontae Bowsby. But my point being, that depth is really easy to fill in and then, uh, a day two or a day three draft pick as well. And you're looking at a super strong, super deep cornerback room. And uh, that's an incredible 180 from where we were uh, this time last week. Absolutely. We're talking with a friend of our show, Zach Seegers. Talking to Broncos, talking to NFL. You can find all his great articles on mylifesports.com. Uh, do you like the way uh, Peyton is handling Vaughn Miller and the, and the way that's moving forward? Yeah, I, I think that's really good. Um, it is a little over market, but when you look at the top end edge market this off season, it settles around sixteen million. You have Ngakwe come in on the low end, so he got his fully guaranteed. So you could argue that um, at about fourteen million a year. I think the high end was sixteen point five or seventeen million a year. Vaughn would have been somewhere in that top end edge market. We can say you know sixteen point five, sixteen, whatever. And the Broncos' option is paying him 17.5 against the cap, I'm pretty sure, or maybe it's 17.5 million in cash and 18 against the cap. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's slightly, it's, it's a million and a half to 1.5 million above market value. So it's a slight overpay um, for an older player coming off an injury. And uh, typically speaking, you wouldn't want to do that. But when he's, you know, on the Mount Rushmore of your franchise and also plays the second most important position in the sport and, still could play that position at a high level, um, I think you're okay with that overpay. Uh, the $1.5 million is um, a, a much better cross to bear than a gaping hole at edge rusher um, because that would, that's worse than a cornerback problem, especially in this awful edge draft class. That's going to be a much more difficult um, problem to solve then, oh, where can we come up with an extra $1.5 million against the cap? Gotcha, gotcha. Speaking of CU and, and the buffs and players, Philip Lindsay moving on for different pastures. Uh, emotionally, I'm sure you're a little bummed about that. Um, when you take your emotions out, was that the right move? Yeah, yeah. I, I knew it for 
I don't know. Going back to last off season, I was like, I'm not looking for two years. I thought it'd be, you know, next off season, we all going down. I'm like, I'm not looking forward to two years from now when I'm going to be on the, it's a good thing the Broncos don't pay Philip Lindsay train. Um, But here I am. I mean, he's got a lot of tread on his tires. He's a slider guy. We started to see the uh, injuries pop up last season. Um, And he's not a fit for the the Shermer scheme. Um, Personally, if I was in, Peyton's chair, I think I probably would have given him the second-round tender and kept him for one more season. Right. Um, but I, I don't mind the route Patton took instead uh, at all of letting him go. Um, one thing I do want to touch on with that really quick. Sure. While Mike Boone very well could end up you know, winning a camp battle and becoming the, num- the number two running back um, and served as the nail in the coffin for Lindsey's future with the Broncos, I really think that Boone signing is to replace Freeman. When you look at uh, uh, Freeman's role on the uh, roster of a running back number three and a guy who maybe occasionally gets on the field on special teams, Mike Boone's going to be a big upgrade on those special team snaps. Um, and again, he's a, a number three running back. It'd be weird to put someone in that Philip Lindsay role who's getting you know, a fair number of carries in the field, a, a decent bit is an important part of your offense. It'd be a weird thing to put that guy on special teams. It's like a gunner or a blocker. That just, it, that's not done. And the fact that we're hearing all this buzz about him on special teams and that's kind of why the Broncos signed him leads me to believe that they're still going to draft a rookie running back and that rookie's likely to be the number two, making Boone the number three and Royce Freeman more or less obsolete. I'm all over the place here, so I'm going to come back to how the Broncos have addressed the corner and the secondary and how it affects the draft. Because in every mock draft I've seen, one of two corners has been going to the Denver Broncos, you know, either Patrick Sertan or Farley. So how does this change the draft, which, you know, don't look now, is just a little over a month away, and it's going to be here before you know it. So what do you think the Broncos do now with that number nine pick? Man, what I think and what I want are two different things. Okay, let me hear both. (laughs) I think they're going to trade back, and I think they'll probably select either a tackle or a linebacker, which is smart. They need an upgraded linebacker, and both their starters are free agents next Mm -hmm. offseason. Tackle, you can't rely on Jawan James, and this tackle class is amazing, so you could uh, solidify your tackle tandem for the next four years and really help out whatever quarterbacks back there. Yep. It's not an unreasonable strategy. Plus you to stack day two picks and the value, the best value in this draft is on day two. Um, what I would do trade up for a quarterback. This quarterback class is phenomenally talented. Uh, we're projected to see at four in the top 10, at least, which has only happened once before. Uh, recent reports from Adam Schefter and Benjamin Albright as well suggest it will be more like four in the top eight or maybe even four in the top six, gotcha. which has never happened before. We're definitely going to get five in the first round, which has happened twice before. Uh, we might get five in the top 20, which has never happened before. It's This draft class has an insane amount of talent, and it would be foolish to pass it up for Drew Locke. Um, and that's not to say Drew Locke can't be successful. He can but when you look at the recent uh, development arc of quarterbacks, there's far more examples of rookie quarterbacks coming in and not just having immediate success, but playing like top 10 quarterbacks. Then you can find examples of quarterbacks being this bad through um, 17 games, 18 starts. Uh, forget about the years thing. 
through 17 games um, and then having the turnaround that Locke needs to make. It's just a, a, a probability. It's a simple uh, probability decision. You're more likely to find that solution through the draft, especially when the draft is this loaded. All four of these guys have elite quarterback potential. Um, so trade up. You'll be calling the Falcons at four, call uh, the Bengals at five, call the Eagles at six, uh, call the Lions at seven, call everyone. Because if you can come away with a Justin Fields, who right now is projected to be the fourth quarterback in this draft, I think he's the number one pick most year. I think it's silly he's the fourth quarterback going in this draft. He's closer to Trevor Lawrence than to the other two guys. Um, just an unreal talent, and the Broncos should do everything in their power to secure that guy if he starts slipping. Well, you and Jake are on the same uh, page, so you're either both brilliant or you're both, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know, young and haven't seen enough, but you both like Justin Fields. We'll keep an eye on that, brother, because, uh, like I said, it's around the corner. Listen, my man, thanks for coming on today. I know it's tough for you. Uh, have a wonderful day. Be safe, my man. Thanks for uh, having me on, David, and you guys too. Have a good one. You got Zach Seegers. Check out his stuff on mylifesports.com. One more segment on my show, folks. So glad you could join us. Come on back.